This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Kia ora koutou. I'm Sam Broughton, the Mayor of Waikirikiri, Selwyn District. Welcome back to Swell On Air. Grab a coffee or tea, sit back and enjoy listening to the following show. My name is Kirsten Dingwall Okoya and I'm your host this morning for Swell On Air. This morning we're having a chat about what we need to consider as we age. Our first guest is Gina Cook from the Canterbury District Health Board and Gina works as an advanced care planning facilitator. So welcome Gina. Thank you, it's lovely to be here. So what is advanced care planning and why is it important? Great question. Um, Advanced care planning is the process of thinking about, talking about and planning for future healthcare, um, maybe at a time when you are no longer able to speak for yourself, make decisions for yourself, um, and it allows your healthcare team to... Um, sort of understand um, what's important to you, what sort of decisions you would like to make around your your healthcare um, when, yeah, you're not able to voice it for yourself any longer. It allows sort of your loved ones to, you know, understand what it is that, what decisions you may have made for yourself in that particular situation so that they're not guessing or thinking what you may have wanted sort of towards the end or if you're not able to speak for yourself around your future healthcare, um, and so that it's your voice when you're no longer able to you know, have a voice of your own. So what might an example of not having a voice anymore be like so, so it might be that somebody's had an acute event so whether that's maybe an acute stroke um, maybe they've had a cardiac arrest and obviously they're unconscious and unable to make decisions and guide the healthcare practitioners around sort of the care they want to receive it might be somebody that's got an advancing disease something like dementia um, and they're no longer able to consent or refuse certain treatments verbally with the healthcare team anymore. So, you know, an advanced care plan is a beautiful way of capturing the essence of who somebody is, what's important to them, what quality of life means to them, and sort of what that bottom line is in terms of treatments that may or may not be offered to them at the time and whether, you know, they would wish to receive those treatments or, you know, decide not to take them. So, of course, that would vary depending on maybe the stage of somebody's life where they're at. For some, for some people, they wish to, may wish to receive all sort of treatments offered to them, um, whereas others that might have an advancing disease or they're sort of more towards the end of their life, they may wish to say, I would rather my, my, my treatment to be focused on comfort and dignity um, and to allow a natural death. And so if with advanced care planning, the beauty with it is, is that it's shared on your health record. So you're a GP can see it, you know, if you were to be admitted to hospital, the healthcare team and the hospital can see it. And even if you were to call an ambulance to your home, they can also access your advanced care plan. So it's, a, you know, a clear documentation outlining what you're, you know, what you do and what you do not wish to receive in terms of treatments. So some might say that I've got a will or I've got a enduring power of attorney. So why would I need one of these? Sure. So yes, you may have sort of gone through this process with a lawyer and outlined what you do and don't want, but you tend to only access your will, 
you know, after somebody or they tend to access your will after somebody has passed away. So the fact that your advanced care plan and your, you know, your do's and don'ts, your wishes are outlined on your health record, it's able to guide care like immediately. So if decisions need to be made quickly, it's able to be accessed straight away. Um, and what's really important to know with your advanced care plan, it only comes into effect when you are no longer have capacity. So when you're no longer to make decisions for yourself. So if you're still able to make those decisions, you're still able to guide care, you still have a voice, um, that's what your healthcare team will go off. Once you lose that capacity to, to make those decisions, that's when your advanced care plan comes into, into effect. So how do we do advanced care planning in Canterbury? So we're very lucky here in Canterbury in that it's a very established program here. So if somebody wanted to undergo the advanced care planning process, they need to contact their practice team, sort of alert them to the fact that the appointment they want to make is for, you know, to do an advanced care plan um, because there's certain subsidy criteria that they might be able to tap into to subsidise the, the appointment. Um, and so they, if somebody wants to, you know, find out a bit more about advanced care planning they can go in and download the file beforehand if they want have a chat you know with their loved ones with their family start thinking about the processes and the questions that are involved in it and then they can go and make an an appointment with their practice team where then they can discuss it further um, and it can be uploaded onto the their medical record so you do advise um, with some of those questions and some of those considerations to have that chat with your family? Absolutely. I think it really brings everyone on board. You know, everyone, you know, we, we would love to, as, as much as we can, respect somebody's wishes around what they want. You know, it, it gives them their control over their bodies and what they do and don't wish to receive. And I think if, if you can bring everyone on board, the healthcare team, people's loved ones, rather than trying to guess what somebody wants, you know, when, when they're no longer able to consent for themselves... Um, if you've had those discussions prior, if that event comes up, it's not such a shock. You know, my, my mum and dad have always discussed, it, you know, wanting this, that and the other or refusing this sort of treatment or accepting this sort of treatment. And I just think it brings everyone onto the same page. It's a little bit taboo, isn't it, to be thinking around questions or options for things that we don't actually want to have happen to us. Absolutely. It really is. But I think, you know, we've got you know, with the pandemic around in the last couple of years um, and, you know, COVID being in the community and in countries, I think we all know that our health can change in an instant, right? And um, I think it's really important that we outlay ahead of time what it is that we do and don't want, What you know, so that we can have control over our bodies and have a say when we aren't able to, you know, physically voice that anymore. Um, and so where do people go to find out more information about advanced care planning yeah. or what we might term ACP? Yeah, sure. So if they go on to Health Info, so healthinfo.org.nz um, and search in advanced care planning, um, lots of information on there regarding advanced care planning. Um, they can able to physically download the document as I was saying. There's you know, plenty of resources and readings that they can do to find out more about it. Um, and then they can yeah, make their appointment with their practice team to go through the process of doing an advanced care plan. Thank you so much for your time today, Jenna. Wonderful. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> So now we've got Chris Ward from the Selwyn Prostate Cancer Support Group joining us this morning. This group has been running since February 2019. So welcome, Chris. Thank you very much. and good to be here. So tell us about this group. 
We um, started in February 19, as you said, and it, it rose because uh, I was diagnosed in May 2018 with prostate cancer. And I attended uh, shortly after I'd finished my surgery and whatever, I'd uh, attended a meeting in Christchurch, a support group. There's two more in Christchurch and one in Rangiora. And uh, I, we felt we got a lot out of it, and both of us, and because um, it is a couple's disease, as we refer to it, and we got a lot out of it. So we felt living in Selwyn, there's a, um, there would be a need with the numbers of people out here, one in eight get it, uh, one in eight men get it sometime in their life. And so we felt there would be a need for a group. So we approached the Prostate Cancer Foundation, and they, of course, were supportive to uh, uh, hear of another group wanting to start up, and they've backed us all the way. And so we started with um, 12 at our first proper meeting in, um, in early 2019, and we outgrew the first venue within about three months, and we moved to the Lincoln Event Centre, uh, where we get between 25 and 40 at our meetings. Um, yeah, we meet on the fourth Wednesday of each month and at 7.30 at the Lincoln Event Centre. So what happens at these group meetings? Um, sometimes uh, we might just have a session where members can talk freely uh, and they do talk quite freely. We have a lot of um, couples come along. Um, which we encourage because, as I said, it's a couple's disease and um, we might just have a session talking about particular issues that might have arisen, delays in treatment, whatever it might be. But we try every, at least every second month and often more often to have a uh, an appropriate speaker or, or a, it might be prostate-related, it might not be. Um, for next year, we've got... Um, a person coming to talk to us on heart health um, and we've had people talk to us on kidneys we've also had urologists talking on specifics of prostate cancer um, and we've had physios talking about the uh, treatments uh, post both before and after uh, either surgery or radiation depending on what treatment uh, the, the person opts for the value of doing pelvic floor exercises and a regular exercise in a way of uh, helping with issues which most guys encounter of uh, some incontinence and also erectile dysfunction. And so it's a, um, um, it's a mix of, but we try and make it interesting and uh, sort of relevant to the, to the uh, subject or to the group, but, uh, sometimes it's just something we're having a guy speaking next uh, next week at our meeting who's going to be um, talking about his cycle tour through Europe. He is a prostate cancer survivor, and, but he biked uh, three or 4,000 Ks through Europe some uh, just before COVID. So, yeah, we make it interesting. Mm. That sounds really great. So when it comes to prostate cancer, when should you be tested? Yep, good question. The, um, the guidelines will tell you... From age 50, um, men should be checking uh, annually with the uh, through a PSA test. It's just a simple blood test. And the PSA, if it's elevated, um, if you're under 70, the guideline is a reading of four. And if it's elevated, you should have that checked and, the, and your GP should then follow up and refer you to a urologist. If there's a family history of uh, prostate cancer in the family, 
the testing should start from the from forty. Okay. Um, that's yep. recommendation. Yeah. So, how common is prostate cancer? You mentioned before you knew that there would be a high number of people in the Selwyn area just because of the population. So, it's it's, uh, it's a one in eight is uh, men will get prostate cancer sometime in their life, and it's. It's no longer really an old, old, treated as an old man's disease. Uh, a lot of cases, people said, oh, it's an old man's disease. Um, but we know guys in their 20s and 30s who have got prostate cancer. Wow. Um, and so it's vitally important. They, they have a pretty good recovery rate. They don't uh, tend to have some of the issues that the older guys might. Um, but uh, the, it's, it's imp- so important to, to check early for prostate cancer. And what treatments are available? Like, you know, people yes. who haven't had it don't know about it, so... They don't, and <clears throat> it's one of those things with with um, with prostate cancer, it's not one size fits all. So one person might be suitable for surgery, another person might not be suitable, and that he might have radiation options. Um and so there's the two main ones are surgery and radiation. Um, the there are other uh, um, treatments of thing like brachiotherapy, where the seeds are actually radioactive seeds are actually implanted into the prostate, and it's attacked from within. I mean, that's suitable only for some cases. Um, so everyone is different, and everyone will be offered a slightly different treatment regime uh, even uh, i've had guys who've um, had like i have had, had surgery and their outcomes have been totally different mm. so um, same with radiation <clears throat> yeah so if people want to come along to this um cell and prostate cancer support group how do they I, they can uh, go online and have a look on prostate.org.nz website all the support meetings are listed there um, there's also a very good helpline, 0800 477 or they can ring me uh, or Diane. Uh, my phone is 0274 371 254, or they can simply turn up to the fourth Wednesday of the month, excluding December, fourth Wednesday of the month at the Lincoln Event Centre at 7.30. Um, they'd be very welcome uh, to come along. And we, you don't have to pre-book or anything like that, just... Uh, turn up and we'll uh, we'll look after you. And we've got a lot of information available, written um, information, um, booklets, pamphlets, and all that sort of thing that we have um, available for people. There's a lot of information out there. And sadly, um, not everybody, when they go to the public hospital or to the private urologists, are given the information um, to read up. So it's just so important. One, they start early and they, they know about the exercises and all those sort of things. So they're the sort of things we talk to people about. And at the meeting, there'll be people with surgery background, radiation background, I mean, treatment backgrounds, um, and other other forms of treatment too. So uh, yeah, we cover a, a wide range. Thank you so much for joining us today, Chris, and just the support and advice you're able to offer on air we're only too happy to do that anytime. Not too well. Thank you. Thank you for listening. 
If you want to hear other stories about ageing well in Selwyn, check out Plains FM website and search Swell On Air. Matewa.